It's a very strange game. Joe Montaigne, The Comrades of Summer. It's a comedy about baseball and the new world order. Premieres Saturday, July 11th on HBO. And I'm Mark. And you are listening to Television Movie Night here in the month of September on Over the Air, live, large, and in charge from our lips to your ears. Back in the habit. Um, uh, the, the, new, the new batch. Armed and fabulous. Armed and fabulous. That's uh, which one am I and which one are you? Uh, you're William Shatner. Yeah. Oh, you're armed I'm, and I'm fat. Okay, good. That's what That's I wanted it. to establish because yeah. I because we have a we have a, a a billboard that we need to create that's it's talking about like uh, manic Monday giveaways. <laughs> Like uh, and fabulous. The uh, the ones here in L.A. There's ones for like a a Spanish language station mm-hmm. that just says "Bomba Lunes." <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> big bombs dropping them. And there's like a bunch of money on it as well. Yeah. And I'm like, I would love to listen to "Bomba Lunes." <laughs> Monday, Lunes. Mark, how are you? Andrew, H- how's your week going? Andrew, my week is going fantabulous. How is that? Fa- would you say it's going armed and fabulously? I would say yes. It's I'm on brand. <laughs> Brandishing a pistol <laughs> and just being like, it's going great, guys. <laughs> Why is it going so well? Andrew, I am sweating my ass off. Yes. I, it is hot. It wasn't hot. And now, and it now is it's hot, hot. again. I was, uh, Science can't explain it. No. It's, it's always hot. It's the fans. Snows. We get snow. I got a snowball here. Yeah. I'm on the floor of Congress. I got a snowball. Explain that to me, Mark. Tell me. I uh, was walking from the parking structure to work a couple of days ago. Okay. And I, you need a badge to get into work. Otherwise, it's a big hassle. You have to give them your ID. Yeah, you got to gotta give them. You would think the pistol would be you enough. You have to take but... off your shoes and your belt. Yeah. They search you. It's a big whole mess. I was maybe halfway... To the place, halfway to the building from the structure, mm-hmm. didn't have my badge, said, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'm not walking back. Mm-hmm. It was sweltering. Yeah. So I took off my sweaty shirt, and I said, this is my badge. Mm-hmm. And they said, all right, go ahead. I said, try and scan it, I guess. Yeah. I said, it's, not, I just, it's not scanning. It, I rubbed it, my fat get, belly all over did it. Did it get demagnetized lately? Yeah. Did you, have you been walking around with a magnetron in your pocket? Oh, that's right. That's the magnetron. Mark, it's um, it's our job is ending. Yeah, not this job. The job no, this of one documenting every single our, television movie. Our descent into madness. Yes, that's that's it's, always going to be it, with you. Is it, how far does this descent go? Because I feel like we're there. Never, are we? It, are we at the bottom? No, yet? we keep finding like new bottom floors. Oh. we're like, oh, we've hit rock bottom, and then I'm like, oh, I. No, 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 it's just dirt. This is still we can loose. Go a little further. And I'm like, no, no, we can't. I can't even see the sun anymore. Yeah, I'm aware, but we haven't hit bedrock yet. Let's uh, keep going. Okay. Yeah, our job's ending here shortly, and uh, it's it's terrifying because now I got to get a new goddamn job. Yeah. For those of you who don't work in the uh, freelance business, mm-hmm. it's good when you're working, and then when you're not working, you think you would think. A, a, a normal person would think, well, that's nice. At least you get a little time off before you get to the next one. Right. But you're so paranoid that there isn't going to be a next one that you can't even enjoy the time that you have in between the next one. No. No. 
And then when you're on the next one, you can't enjoy that time either. No. So you're never happy. You're never happy. And I don't know if that's exclusive to people who work in the field that we work in or if it's just... Depre- like other contractors. Well, I'm just saying, uh, yeah, or uh, depressive wretches like ourselves. Oh no, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, I had a, f- I had a friend who sent a GIF years ago that was like, "This is what it's like working in the entertainment industry," and it was a roller coaster going up and down, yeah, up and down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Nope, it's this." And it was free fall. Just <laughs> boom. Straight down. That's yeah, what it's like. That's that's what it's like, folks. It's 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 we're truly living in the land of dreams. Yes. Making the dreams happen here, everybody. For you, America. For you. We are putting we the work stories it for we you. We are singing the songs that the, the, the singers sing. What is that Barry Manilow song? We are the dreamers of dreams. That's right. We are the the the, the sweet princes. Sweet prince. Sweet Georgia Brown. Is that the name? Which one is the name of our <laughs> Shock Jock Morning Show? Is it the Two Princes or is it Armed and oh, Fabulous? It's, well, it's ar- that's the ca- it's armed armed and fabulous. That's 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 the tagline. <laughs> that's the tagline. It's uh, the Two Princes. Okay, and we just play that Spin Doctor song. Yeah, just for like a good three hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we cut in with fart noises. Sometimes, and then it's just us like yucking it up right. in the background. Oh man, I love morning morning zoo radio. Tune huge in, fan, huge Tune fan. In. I uh, I was in in Georgia, Georgia. When did we have Georgia, Georgia do it? it? And I heard really terrible mm-hmm. syndicated morning radio that was just like we do a bit where we make fun of it, and I think to myself that it that it's not like that. Yeah, we're, we're doing a we're parody doing a bit. This was just miserable, and yeah. I can't remember the duo that it was, but it was dog shit. It was terrible. They had like phony phone calls that were obviously scripted. I love it. Good. Yes, we should start doing that more. Oh, f- scripted phone. Let's calls? do some phone. Fo- like, yeah, but they're not. There's no gag to them. It's just right. us calling about like we're concerned that our cable bill is too high, yeah. and we want to try we're and like talk that down about it. Like. <laughs> No, like I really can't afford it. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell. Well, we can cut. We can cut stars, sir. Oh well, I gotta have stars. I, I, Powers I, come back. You know that. Uh oh. Mark, it's television movie night, and we are still in the month of September, so we're watching baseball movies of as we motor- motorhead to the uh, big old fall classic. Who's your pick to win the big game? Uh, whoever is playing against the Dodgers. Oh. Because those fucking awful bums. They're bums. They're all bums. They're all bums. Every single one of it's them a is bum. a bum. Everyone's a bum. Since Tommy Lasorda, bums. Bum. Uh, well, since Tommy Lasorda, so is, is Lasorda considered a bum? Yeah, he's a bum. Oh. But didn't he win? Doesn't matter. He was a bum. You could tell. Oh, okay. So you're picking the American League then? Yeah. Okay. Someone in the American League. I don't know. The, the <laughs> Cavaliers. Sure. Yeah, they, yeah, that sounds about right. Believe Land. We are watching baseball movies here in the month of September as we get ready for the World Series. A couple weeks ago, we watched The Comeback Kid. Last week, we watched... The Man from Left Field. That's right. Burt Reynolds' redemption story. And, and Mark, 
demanded. You demanded. I furiously stated repeatedly I over want, and over again. Where's my, my baseball? baseball? I well, just want to see guys play baseball. Mark, I've got great news for you. We've got that in space. Yes, we do. Here with our uh, creature feature of the week, <laughs> the Comrades of Summer. We'll figure it out. Hey, why don't we talk about it in a segment I like to call, well, what do you know? Mark, the Comrades of Summer premiered on HBO on July 11th, 1992, which would have been uh, the the year of the Olympics that year, correct? Yes. That would have been Spain? Sure. Barcelona. Yeah. Mark... A lot of talent in this. Andrew, this fucking movie, when this I sat down to watch it. Fucking movie. When I sat down to watch it, Andrew, I was blown away by the fucking murderer's row of filmmaking. Yes! That is going on yes! on the street. All right? The, sh- the movie opens, right? I just want to we'll, we'll jump. I want to jump to this. Okay, all right. The movie opens with Joe Montana mm-hmm. screaming at Michael Ely? Lerner. Michael Lerner. Yeah. Now, Joe Montana, of course, Fat Tony. Fat Tony. Criminal Minds. Baby's Day Out. You know? Yes. The Big Time. Uh, Godfather 3. The Rat Pack movie. Yes. (laughs) He played Dean Martin. Uh, Star of that cover story of the Toluca Lake magazine. Cover of the Toluca Lake magazine. Michael Lerner. Mm -hmm. Most, well, second most importantly. Most famous, probably, for playing the studio head in Barton Fink. Fink. Yes. But most importantly... It's a, they want a wrestling picture. Absolutely. The most importantly, he plays the eyeball killer in Anguish. Is that... No. Yes. I, I, thought, it's, I thought it's the other guy no. that's, in, that's in Dinosaurs. No. It's him. Wow. Okay. Which is... A amazing horror film that Andrew and I saw at the Spooktacular years or at the horror at the horror at the Arrow Theaters horror which is coming up here pretty shortly, we'll blew both of our minds. It was it's crazy. If you've never seen the movie Anguish, listen to the sound of my voice. Do not read about the movie Anguish. Just watch. Track it, it down and watch it, and do not do not do not find out what it's about. Do not ask about it. Just watch it. If it's a DVD, don't look at the back. Don't look at the back. Don't, don't read the, the cover don't read art. the copy on the back. Just, Just put it put into it the in thing and, and hit the play. hit the button don't and watch it. Don't read the chapter go. names. No, in fact, don't even look at the television. No, turn away. Turn away. Just just put your head in a bucket and just just sit there on the couch silently. So that's who we've got in front of the camera. That's correct. On the other side of the camera. Okay, here we go. Andrew, who wrote this? Uh, this was written by Robert Rodat. Robert Rodat. Okay, okay, probably okay. Never, probably never wrote anything, right? No. Probably never no, wrote anything important. I, you know, I, I... Certainly not Saving Private Ryan. He wrote Saving Private Ryan. That is correct. Nominated for Best Original Screenplay that year. Uh, it was written. Did not win. No. He wrote also The Patriot. Yes. In 2002. Which is kind of a kick-ass movie, far as it goes. And more recently, Thor The Dark World. Yes. Also wrote You and that. I saw that in Victorville. Uh, yes, we did. Not as good as Ragnarok. No. Ragnarok is a blast. Yeah. But Dark World's like... Mm, kind of murky and lame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's, this was, I believe, his first like screenwriting credit, to be yeah. quite honest. But uh, 
It's a pedigree there. And so that's that's it. Okay. Maybe no. did okay. it have a good sound uh, mixer or something? Uh, well, usually you kind of look at directors. Oh well, <laughs> surely. I mean, it's an HBO thing. Surely there they wasn't. Just, they just got some somebody um, really magnificent, brilliant genius director uh, to direct well, Comrades of Summer. They got a man by the name of Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee You're Wallace. You're telling me the Tommy Lee Wallace. The Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace. The director. The director. Of the greatest Halloween sequel uh, of all time. The director slash writer, writer of the greatest, the greatest Halloween, Halloween sequel, sequel of all time. time. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I am telling you, that is correct. He, uh, This man directed and wrote Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which, again... Another magnificent film that you and I saw at the Horathon, at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. Andrew, the time, the scene where the people are like, and this guy's here because he sold masks than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole theater just erupts. Oh, man. Like, yes! <laughs> yeah! He did good work. You know how tough it is to sell those things? Especially when they turn your, they shoot they, lasers out they of them turn and they turn your, your kids into like bunch of blobs of spiders and bugs shit? come out of their head and they just tear their heads apart. Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Wallace directed Halloween Three Seasons of Witch. He also directed Fright Night Part Two. Yeah, he also directed parts one and two of It. It. That's right. The original King's it miniseries. It uh, from 1990. So Andrew, I saw It Chapter Two this week. Yeah, it was so bad. How bad was it? I was have has something awful ever happened in your life? Yes. That is so end awful. of statement. Okay. Oh, sorry. Something that is so awful that you're like, ah, there is no God. Hmm. Like this event can't happen, and I can't believe that there is a God. Yeah. There, like, there, in this, what in what it, world would a just <laughs> yeah there's a no, just and compassionate God exist if with where this, uh, this happened this action happened? Uh, yeah. Occasionally that was, that was what happened while watching the movie. I was like, this movie does not fit my theory on <laughs> or my philosophy on the world it's so awful that it's one or the other i'm looking at the movie god if you want to show up no you can All end right. this you can do something why you thought it was you thought it was terrible it i believe you absolute... texted me and you said it's shit chapter two i believe uh, uh, yeah something like that <laughs> more like shit chapter yeah, i think it was more like shit chapter poo <laughs> That's good. See, I see that's smart. That's... I would have gone with just chapter two, but then you know some the you know the best the best writers have. There's a reason the best writers are the best writers because they have the best editors. Yeah. So you would come in and you just little red line through I two real right, quick. poo, and then you just <laughs> and then just walked away. My yeah. job here is done. Uh, why was it so bad? Uh, the scares weren't there. Uh, the all of the character development that these characters have happens in the first movie. So in the second movie, you've just got a bunch of good actors with nothing to do. Yeah. Um, so? <laughs> so they're just looking at each other like, so uh, we're scared, huh? So that clown, huh? Scary. Right. It's fucked up. But also because of how the script works or doesn't work, none of the characters remember the events of the first movie. So they all have to revisit the events of the first movie. Hell yeah. Awful. Anyways. Mm. Bill Tommy Hader, Lee- is a, he's a national treasure. Yes. Tommy Lee Wallace? Brilliant director. Okay. So this also stars, as you stated, Joe Montaigne. This has also got Michael Lerner, as you stated. Natalia Nagata. Nogoda. Mm-hmm. Not a... Not... Not, not going to be in not, any more movies. It's, uh, she is a Soviet uh, actress who... 
I believe went to the Academy Awards in like 88 or 89 for a movie called Little Vera. Okay. But other than that, I don't have much information. Is she the only actual Russian in this movie? I think so. Because... Because everyone else, else is just is, doing an accent. Everybody else is doing a Yakov Smirnov like, in this thing. In in Russia, baseball hit the U. And then uh, Tommy, well, Tommy Lee Wallace just leans back in his chair. He's like, cut. Got it. Print. We're moving on. This also stars Eric Allen Kramer, yeah. better known as... Kramer. Little John from oh, yes, yes. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, yes. When I saw this guy, I was con- I believed that he was Russian. So I was like, oh, he's he's the bad guy in uh, Die Hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not Alan Rickman, and the other guy. He sits up and he shoot, tries to shoot the gun yeah. and Carl Winslow blows, blows his ass away. away. That's his character arc. He can kill again. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> he finally shook it off, all yeah. right? You know? Sometimes you just got to get back on that horse. Yeah, sometimes you shoot a kid, you know? You got to get back out there, though. You're getting cold when you're stocking this Christmas. <laughs> Mark, based on the limited trailer that we saw, what did you think this movie was going to be about? Andrew, I thought this movie was about a Brooklyn baseball player who decides to, who gets recruited to coach a bunch of ragtag Soviets all the way to uh, the World Series or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Or so, but they're actual Russians. They're not expats in your no, mind. No, in my mind, he goes to Russia. Okay. and he's like the cars are so small. Oh, I can't believe this. Yeah, it's so cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Where do I get one of those funny hats?" And like, Wait, you get him I, at the airport. I guess you can just go to the. You, just... you, you take him off a dead guy. Yeah, that's what. I, that's where I got mine. Yeah. <laughs> we see hair still attached to it. He's like Stalingrad. More like Stalin bad. Ah, am I right? This guy gets it. Dog, Dog looks, looks up. up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Act One here in the Comrades of Summer. Uh, we get a title card, and it says something about how the Soviet ninety two something happened. Judgment Day was <laughs> yeah that changed baseball forever. Yes, which um, and then a foot it, steps on a helmet. Yes, crushes it. Yes, dun, 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 dun. Uh, no, they the way they paint this movie makes it seem like this is they're really trying to get you to think that this is based on true events. Right, it's not. It's not. No, we open up immediately. With a argument between the Mariners player coach Sparky Smith, who's played by uh, Joe Montana, and the owner of the team, who's played by Michael Lerner. And they're nose to nose, just screaming at each other. Uh, Andrew, I was, I had to like ask somebody, does, is this allowed to happen? Are there any rules, you know, or is it Airbud rules that like can a player also be the coach? Yes, it was, a it was very Pete Rose. it was a very common occurrence. Right, uh, Pete Rose was one of the last player coaches, but it was a very common occurrence in the forties and fifties. Okay. They don't do it anymore because um, conflict. Yeah. Kind of need somebody sitting around watching. And you all, yeah, and but also you want someone who is a little bit more objective yeah. in the in the lineup. But a lot of times they're just like, I don't know. You're the one doing it. Why don't you manage as well? They are having an argument about whether this player on the Mariners, Sims, should bat cleanup or not. Joe Montana says, I'll put him wherever I want to fucking put him. The owner of the team says, you put him in cleanup, goddammit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. A lot of swearing right yeah. off the bat. 
They're like, this is HBO, motherfucker. It's not TV. It is TV. It is TV. It's I mean it's it's TV, but it's also but you pay more you so paid, we can say fuck. Yes, but again, I want to be very clear here. It is also television. It is still also yes. television. Sp- uh, we get a video package then, which kind of explains what Sparky Smith is all about. That oh, yeah. he was a player on the team, and then a couple years ago, they- we got Bob Euchre explaining like the the flamboyant Sparky out there. Right? Yeah, it's just in such a weird, stilted way that you're like, no newscaster would ever say anything like this. Right. But we get a very we're shooting it off a television that shows this is Sparky's rise to fame that he was a player on the team and a very good one at that and they decided to make him the manager and then during this big meeting that they uh, have with the uh, owner he Joe Montana he he promises he promises that uh, he guarantees they're going to win the pennant this year. Yep. We then are in the locker room. Sparky talks with the the rest of the Mariners. And they're all, you know, baseball guys. Yeah. All right. And he says, well, you know what? We're they're, gonna- they're just opening their lockers. There's so many uh, blow-up dolls just yeah, everywhere. They're, just they're like, oh, it's the major them. leagues. They're tickle, just nothing but just tickle, tickle fights. Fight. Just a bit. It's like a cartoon uh, fight between a cat and a dog. Yeah, where you just, just see a big smoke thing just swirling around. But there's a tickle fight happening. Yeah, just tickling <laughs> each other. <laughs> He tells them that uh, he's going to be batting cleanup tonight, and Sims is uh, he's going to be leading off. Right. And Sims, Sims is not very enthused with that. He says he should be batting cleanup, but Sparky doesn't really seem to care. The team decides to head out onto the field to get ready for the big game, but Sparky takes a side route because he's got a bunch of endorsement deals to have to deal with on the side. So he's like signing a shirt for a kid. He's approving like he's approving designs of merchandise. I'm like, you do this right before the game. Apparently he's so busy. He's busy enough that they have also a commercial shoot set up right behind the, the left field wall. And the like national anthem is playing. And he's like, I have one minute to do this. And they're like, uh, yeah, I guess we can loop this in later. But, uh, they're gonna throw something. I at guess her. they can. She per- sings too much longer. They uh, just just assume that I was taking a knee out there. Yeah. They won't. They won't. They won't care. He has to shoot a little commercial for a car. They, this is the only time they can Apparently. do it. That the fact is that they've got a little set back there behind they left brought field. The they card. brought the car. They brought. They've got a whole thing back there, and this is when he can knock it out right before a game. And part of the commercial involves him jumping up and clicking his heels because he's so impressed with the car. He says the Ford Explorer makes me click my heels. He jumps up, but then he... We go to super slow motion. Catches his cleats on the bumper of the car, falls forward, screams in agony. We then cut to the hospital where Sparky is in a wheelchair with his foot in a big comical cast, again, like a cartoon. Yes. Uh, it turns out that he's ruptured something in his uh, his Achilles tendon, and that is an end to his playing days. He cannot play baseball anymore. It's almost like his pride was his Achilles heel. <clears throat> I would figure he'd be more upset about this, right? It's like if this he was is probably your, pretty dope. If up. this is <laughs> if this is your career, he's giving he's giving a statement to the press. Yeah, and he's like. Unfortunately, that means that my playing days are over. But I'll still be coach. But he's like, but I'm still managing the Mariners, so I guess I got that going yeah. for me. But you, I, I don't know. I feel like if I was a, a 
a consistent career player in baseball, and I I ended my career on doing something stupid like jumping up and and tearing my uh, my kneecaps and my yeah. ankles and my uh, calves apart, catching my legs on the bumper of a car, mm-hmm. which. Um, do you assume they got the shot? I mean, is yeah. It, is it like that? Like, is it like that Orson Welles champagne commercial yeah. where they just um, they like looped it later? They awesome. just, oh, are they going to do anything? The Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Fine, Japanese car maker. Yeah, it's uh, confusing. But here's the thing. He says, "I'm excited to be coaching the Mariners." Meanwhile, John, Jimmy Olsen comes sprinting in, and he's like, ha, "Extra, ha, extra!" Sparky Smith, what do you have to say to to the fact that uh, Mariners owner just hired uh, Bob Burns as a uh, head coach of the Mariners? And he says, "Bob Burns, he could play for the Dodgers," which means he's a bum. Oh really on a dodgers territory uh, I, yeah it's, he's got a whole thing he's yeah, yeah he's uh, he's like those uh he's like the obsessive fans in major league <laughs> no more like the guys that yeah, call like, in and have like scripts written for their like when you call into like the jim rome show mm-hmm. you're like and that's why we need to bring back <laughs> the designated pitcher Manny Ramirez is one of the strongest players that the Dodgers have ever seen. And when they got rid of him, guess what, Jim? The whole goddamn thing went right down the tubes. Excuse my French. All right, I'll listen to your response offline. Bye. (laughs) Sparky bursts into the owner's office and starts threatening violence, saying, You motherfucker, yeah, fuck for you. Fuck. Right. Yeah, he's stumbling around because he's got the big giant cast yeah, it's, and a cane. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a lot of physical humor. It's hysterical. You know, co- comedy legend Joe Montana. Yeah, he's just coming in, yucking it up. He's doing the classic, uh, his classic routine, foot in cast <laughs> while calling somebody a motherfucker. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 the, it's the slow burn equivalent of Laurel and Hardy. It's, it's off his album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When I saw it the first time, I just burst into applause. Yeah. I was so excited that they managed to fit this into this movie. The owner, however, says, first of all, he gets security and he says, Bob Burns is a lot easier to deal with than you. You're insane. We're And the team that I put around you is still going to win the pennant. I don't need you. I can cut you loose and not have to have the headache of having to deal with Sparky fucking Smith. Yeah. So Sparky gets tossed, but then he goes and talks to his managers and agents. And it turns out Sparky's pretty... Uh, he's pretty uh, mortgaged to the hilt. Yeah, and he's got a bad reputation now because he's like, well, I'll well, just I'll work for the Cleveland Indians, right? He's like, well, where do I go next? Yeah, he, Indians, he's telling he's telling his agents. He says, I don't give Sox. a damn about my bad reputation. Living in the yeah, I know uh, the song. new generation. Uh, they tell him, hey, guess Ch- what? Ch- Ch- cherry bomb. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's that's the song. <laughs> Uh, his agents say, Hey, I have, uh, I, interestingly enough, uh, in defiance of all logic, people hate working with dickhead shitheads like yourself. Oh God, Andrew. I, I Uh-oh. hope they only, <laughs> I hope uh, this is the only stuff. This is the kind of stuff that only happens in movies. Yeah. Folks. <laughs> as long as if this is, <laughs> if this is true in baseball, that's fine. But if it gets down to television, Oh boy, we are in trouble. He says, no one wants to deal with you, so you might have to lay low for a little bit until the heat clears. We can see if we can get you maybe some minor league work or maybe in the like a, a play-by-play booth or yeah, something like that. Sink. But the thing is, is that 
Sparky needs cash because is is he has two ex wives mm-hmm. and he owes a lot of money. So then we cut to his house and his stuff's getting repossessed by a bunch of moving companies and his ex wives and it's a yeah. whole thing. You know, ex ex wife humor's this. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, what's, you know, because they're always like, oh, da, 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 da. and you're just like, yeah. oh man, I remember why I divorced her. If I could offer notes, yes. The weird thing about this scene is that he has two ex wives. Who show up at exactly, show up at exactly the same time. They drove over at the same time. And they say the exact same thing. And he's like, ah, who cares? You're my ex-wives. I've divorced both of you. And the whole time, uh, I had like my line producer's hat on. And I was like, we don't need two actresses. You could have one ex-wife. <laughs> you could have one that's a, just an absolute battle axe. a second one. But why are we paying two people to be here? And we could even have her say like, oh, thank God... Jenny's not here, and it's like, oh, no, she's in the car. We hear a horn off screen. Yeah, never see her. She never speaks. Yeah. Perfect. But no. But no. Two ex-wives are going through his stuff, saying they want what they deserve. The One of the ex-wives is like, where's the fucking television? She wants her big TV, and he says, I don't got your big Big fucking fucking TV. TV. I ain't got nothing. I got all of this right here. I got something big right here. And he's like pointing to like a a refrigerator. Yeah. And then that gets wheeled out. Oh, oh, I don't have that big thing anymore. Well, it turns out that he hid the bath. He hid the TV in a bathtub. Smart. Which uh, that's where I hide my television. Except I'm in the bathtub yeah. and the water's also running. Watching it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come closer. Uh, after keeping himself secluded in his house for for weeks, some ruskies show up at his door. Which hasn't this happened to everyone? I mean. Well, it's you're old. in there. You're just in you're just a stupor, just in your bathrobe and slippers, and yeah. just some fucking Russian show up with just, a beard, just showing up, and you're just like, oh, I am to geez. speak with you. Oh, here we go, classic. I sit in my own filth for two weeks, and here come the fucking Russians. This is Tanya and Voronov. Yes, uh, they want to pitch Sparky with the idea that the Russians. Now that the curtain has fallen, now that the, the Berlin Wall has come down, they want to get into the world of baseball. Because, because baseball is coming to the Olympics. Yes. So they want to field a team. But Russians aren't very well known for baseball, so they kind of have to start from scratch. Right. Sparky says, oh, so you want recommendations for coaches. Is that what you're asking for? And they say, not especially. We want you. We want you to coach strong Russian team. In Russia. In Russia, you, you coach, coach baseball. Team. <laughs> hey. And he's like, what? <laughs> they're like, you know, like famous American comedian, Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that bit. <laughs> Talking to his agents later, he said they say, "Look, man, don't rule this out. I, I, I know that the the rate is terrible. They're only offering him like twenty two hundred dollars a month." Mm-hmm. And he says, "I could do that p- picking up a practice swing." Uh, they say, "The the exposure. Think about it. You're gonna go in and you're going to bring apple pie and baseball and Coca Cola to Russia, and then." And, and and then we're going, and then we and then and then we get it. We get an F troop. All right, <laughs> I'm not gonna put on that dress. I'm not, he I'm says, "I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm never gonna put on that dress." Whoop. Yeah, uh, he says, "No, no way, never gonna do it." And then just immediately smash cut to B roll of an airplane taking off, and an him landing in landing. him landing in Russia, driving around Russia, which 
on location in yes. whatever the second unit stuff, at least they went there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was actually downtown Detroit. <laughs> With like a matte painting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew, why I didn't understand why he's like against taking the job other than so that we could have an F troop. Like why he doesn't want to stoop. He thinks it's he thinks it'll make him look even more ridiculous that here he is having to coach an the, Olympic team, but like the former enemies of the United States. But he also doesn't have any money. Like he's, I just didn't. I That's didn't why understand. he goes. I don't. I feel like the joke of him saying, "I'm never gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it." And the reveal of him doing it isn't as funny as I think that they were hoping it to be. No, it's not. I as feel fun. like there needs to be a beat where. The like, there's a phone call, and it's like it's your ex-wife. They're on speaker, and then you go into your it. your ex-wife. Your ex-wives are on their way over, and he's like Russia, and, and exactly. And then yeah, look off of him, and then airplane taking off. Like yeah. that's at least that's something. Funny. Versus he's on a bike, and he's like, I'm not gonna do it. And Don't then, you think you're gonna Norton? If you think I'm gonna go all the way to Russia and coach a baseball team, you got another thing coming. Exactly. He shows up in Russia and it's dreary and depressing. And at the hotel where he's staying, he meets up with Tanya and the elevator doesn't work. So they got to take the stairs all the way up. Stairs. You know? Because Soviet Russia, at least post the wall, wall, apparently is just falling apart at the seams. It's the first day of practice and. Sparky's getting the lay of the land. His baseball field is just a big old pig mud pit. Yes. Big old sty. And the locker room is an old fallout shelter. Which is kind of cool. That's fun. Sparky meets with Vladimir, who is the Russian coach who was coaching before him. And the idea is that they will be co-coaches of the team. Mm. I don't think this is going to work out. Vlad seems very standoffish and very uptight, however. Vlad also keeps referring to how they learned to play baseball from a from Manuel, Cuban, a Cuban named Manuel. Manuel. Yes, he says Manuel from Cuba told us. told us this is how you're supposed to do things. Sparky then meets with the players who uh, are all athletes. They're all yes. physically fit, but they're all from different sports. They have a couple shot putters. They have a couple hockey players. Yes, little John. Little John used to play Robin Hood Men and Tights. Hockey. He's a hockey player. He so that you know that he was a hockey player. He is constantly wearing a hockey jersey. He has a big old hockey, a big old CCCP hockey jersey. Sparky watches some practice between the players, and it seems very stilted. And Vlad explains that Manuel from Cuba tells them that this is how things are supposed to be. This yes. is how baseball is played. But Sparky isn't very convinced and decides to bat out of hand and get to see what they are on the field. And they're terrible. They're dog shit. Yeah, they're, they're awful. They're the fucking worst. Sparky then complains to Tanya about the surroundings. He's like, I got players who can't play. I got a field that isn't a field. And I got equipment that all sucks. I have nine baseballs. Three of them are waterlogged. The rest of them are falling apart. I need this. I need equipment. Yes. All right. And she gives him $600. All right. And now. Then, okay. Now, hold on a second. She gives him $600. She just happens to have in her desk drawer. And she says, okay. Go out and get whatever you need, but you're going to need hurdles. You're going to need cones. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to need jerseys. jerseys and running equipment and track and field materials. Yes. Javelins, I assume. So he ends Hammer up, throws. Yes. He buys. Buys a baseball pitching, a baseball machine, pitching machine. But he which, hides it away because he's, he's rehabbing his return to the Mariners. Right. <sighs> Tanya says 
no, we just have to get to work. She says, here's the deal. I know the odds are against us and then we got a bunch of shit equipment, but she says to either spit or get off the pot. And he says, where did you learn that from? And she shows him a Mos- Russian. Yes, a Moscow printed uh, like American idiom book. Yes. And it says right there, spit it, or, or get, get off, off the, the pot. pot, which I assume when the writer of this got this assignment and he's like, oh, the jokes are going to come. Oh, All they'll right. be there. Oh, it's, this is going to be this is going to be classic. Earn this. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Uh, Sparky, however, wants to get dinner with Tanya at some point. Cause right. She's a hot Russian babe, yes. right? She's out there. She's like, they call her on a top. Boris uh, and Natalia over here, yeah. right? So she says, it's not my job to be your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then she says, storms off. I am invincible. At his hotel, Sparky listens uh, over the radio and hears that the Mariners are on a continual hot streak. They're doing damage there in the AL. Sparky then watches Vladimir give some ridiculous hand signals, which he then attributes to Manuel again. Yes. He even gives hand signals for throws. For pitchers. This leads Joe Montana to just- Not pitches. Throws. Literal throws around the field. He says, this is the hand signal to throw to first. Joe Montagna says, if I ever see a player look to the dugout before they throw the ball to first, I'm going to pull them. Right. What you're doing here is against God's will. <laughs> After this, however, button heads. Tanya decides to help out Sparky by lining him up with her fixer. Yes. Very thin, uh, weird Russian man who apparently can get this guy to get, he can get Sparky some, uh, some, some equipment. Shit. Through back channels. Yes, black market dealer. Sparky says, I need bats, I need backstops, I need balls, I need uniforms, whatever you can get me, fine. Sparky then goes to the locker room, and he finds out that his Walkman's missing. He meets up with the fixer, and the fixer says that he took the Walkman. He says, well, if you're going to borrow something, you could tell me. He said, no, I sold it. sold it. And it turns out that... By selling the Walkman, he was able to get some some like cases of vodka, and then the vodka get turned into like condoms, condoms, and then this to that to, to an this air conditioner, it, which then turns into installation of a backstop for the field and two Walkmans. Right. So as the fixer is explaining all of this, Joe Montana is like the way they did this was so upsetting because it's just a static two shot, mm-hmm. and so the fixer is saying. I take Walkman, I sell for air conditioner. And he says, oh, no. And he says, for air conditioner, I get condoms. Mm. Oh, no. And, like, he just keeps doing that over yeah, and over just, again. They're, it, again, they're doing they're doing shtick. They're doing again, a bit. From, this is a bit. This yeah. is also from Joe Montana's album. Yeah, this, yeah. He came... <laughs> you guys ever uh, deal with any Russians before? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you probably know what got I'm talking a, they about. They got a weird way of getting you stuff. Um, it, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and it went a little something like this. Sparky then shows up at Tanya's place to thank her for the fixer, but he also shows up with some flowers because Sparky, he's sweet on old Tanya. Yeah, he's romantic. He's a baseball player. You Let's know, go to a bar. See he me like, get drunk and sh- beat up. Exactly, and wants to just run alongside her. Show so you why we're called a, the Stallions. Run around in a park because I've got horseshoes on my feet. I'm drunk. <laughs> if I ever break my leg, they'll shoot me. Oh, uh, it's because he's got a big dick. 
Oh, oh, all right. Oh, all right. We should go back and, and edit right. that yeah, into f- that fix, episode. Look, we're well, gonna fix that episode. Make a note to, your, to myself. I to edit in the fact that we get the fact that they call him the, the stallions because he's got a big, a big dick. dick. All okay, right. peace for a long time. <laughs> While mid trot, like as six well, minutes, just walking, just, just spraying yeah, all over the place. It uh, turns out, however, that Tanya's got about four or five people living with her, including like her you, mother and her grandmother. You can often find me shitting at a medieval time. <laughs> yes, that is why they call me the stallion. <laughs> After some awkward talking, they decide to head out. He meets her family. He meets her family okay, very quickly. Okay, all right. All right. Okay, okay. All right. I know, I know, HB- I know HBO said they wanted the jokes. I got one. We got, all right. Okay. We got a solid okay, here one. Here we go. All here right. we go. He has written on his hand some stuff to say, even though he didn't know that he would be meeting her parents. He somehow just wrote this down in case he ever does. Yes, yes. And he says, your daughter is great to work with. She makes everything better. Mm -hmm. And she is always giving me a hand. Yes. Everybody goes, what? Record scratch. Dog Dog looks up. up. And then they leave. Mm-hmm. He says, what was that all about? She says, all right. Now, okay. Now, you're here's gonna, the you're thing. Gonna, you're gonna here's say, what's you're great. You're going to laugh. It's, it's smart. It's a smart joke. So let me, good. All right, let hold me explain on. it a little bit. A little bit of a twist here. Sometimes people say things. Mm-hmm. in one. Sometimes you'll say something in a lang- in, a, in English, for example. Yes, God's there'll language. There'll be other words that, sa- that mean the same thing, but they have different connotations. Right. Idioms. Right? So yeah. it's a little different. Okay. She says, you just told my mom that at work, I make you feel good with my hand. <laughs> what? Another record scratch. Oh, dog looks another up. dog looks up. A different dog a different looks dog, up. Yeah. And he gives him like a motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I lick myself. Oh, and I, you disgust, disgust me. me. You monster. Um, yeah, Andrew, this type of joke I absolutely despise. Yes. I reason- which is worse. Okay. Which is worse. This where a person tries to speak a foreign language and they end up saying something embarrassing mm-hmm. or a movie that is set in the past and somebody references something that's current, but then says something to the effect of, oh, that'll never catch on. I know it's tough. Which one? If you, if I was in a network executive and I had to force you to put one in your movie, which one would you, which one would you reluctantly decide to put in? The language one. Uh. <laughs> Maybe. Uh. Picasso. Mm. Looks like a bunch of lines <laughs> to me. Give him the Oscar. It's the best. Woo! It's the best movie ever. I read a book recently oh, for my okay. book club. <laughs> yes. It's called Less. Yeah. Won the Pulitzer Prize. It has this whole section where the main character, Arthur Less, goes to Germany. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can speak German. And then in the the book for this entire chapter, in, in italics, tells you what he's actually saying. And it's doesn't quite mean what he thinks. Uh-oh. And everybody else in the book club was like, it's hilarious. He comes in and he says, now I must kill some of you. When what he meant is, now I must dismiss some of you. <laughs> and I was like, that's not a joke. That's not funny. No, see, that's he awful. meant one thing. 
but he said I mean, something it, else. I mean, isn't isn't that what comedy is? No, it's just it's 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 no, it's, it's, awful. it's it's unexpected. No, you know, it's it's, it's, it's clever. It's clever. There's it's a turn, not clever. There's a turn to it. It's very it's very clever. Very unexpected. Awful. Yeah, sometimes it can be done right. Like yeah, uh, well that's me, why me, me talk pretty one day. Funny. That's why I pick that as a like. As, that's why I would pick that if the network executive had a gun to my head because it's like maybe there's something we can do with language mm-hmm. that might be funny mm-hmm. but like what are we gonna do donald trump president, president? In, in what world <laughs> after some awkward talking they head so she out she gives them a hand job she does she goes they go behind the, the they they're the like, they ask the dog they're like hey do you know a secluded place and he's like i usually look myself over there and they're like great thanks, thanks. No, they're walking along the streets of Moscow, and uh, Tanya finds a line to stand in. She doesn't know what it's for, but it must be good because there's a lot of people there. Yeah, Got to be something. So they stand in line. She says, last time I was in line, I got some toilet paper. That's <clears> funny. <throat> That's funny. Then their little date ends. Act two. The nearby Marines at the United States Embassy head over uh, to the pig pen to play a scrimmage against the Russian team. Yes. And the Russians are getting creamed. Just annihilated. They're losing like 10 to 0 at a certain point. So Sparky says, here's what I want everyone to do. We're going to learn from this. So I want you to take the first two pitches, which means don't swing at the first two pitches. Just watch them because you'll get a, you'll get to learn a little bit from what the pitching is. Now, Andrew, as I recall, didn't you play... L- Yes. And your coach told you. He told me if I get down in the count to take that pitch. So if you go down 3-0, usually you don't swing at that fourth pitch because it's probably going to be a ball. Yeah. And I said, take that fourth pitch. Got Got it. it. And in my mind, I was like, take it down. Just (laughs) hammer it right into the ground. I tomahawk that thing right into play. (laughs) It was great. And he pulled me aside. He said, I thought I told you to take that pitch. And I said, I did take it. it. You see how far I took it out there? (laughs) Took it it to to the fence and back, folks. Yeah. Took it on a date. <laughs> Met my parents. They don't approve. I'm going to marry her. They're very against it, but I don't care. Love conquers all, motherfucker. <laughs> That's me in that ball. Yeah. This is me in like fifth grade. My coach <laughs> yeah. is like, all right, all right whatever. Fine, I, fine. I, I knew you were going to be like this. <laughs> Have you considered soccer? <laughs> Little John steps up to the plate and decides to swing at the first pitch, and he crushes himself a big old home run. Has smashed himself a tater. Yep. But laying lumber. When he gets back to the dugout, Sparky says, I thought I told you to take that pitch. You got to listen to me next time. And he benches him. Yeah. So then the team continues to lose, and then they lose the game. Back at the hotel, Sparky continues to listen to radio coverage and hears that the Mariners continue to roll on towards the pennant, and he drinks alone. And he says, they're bums. At practice later, Sparky is not impressed by their current pitcher. He says his... Uh, motion is all herky-jerky. Yeah. I don't like it. So then the pitcher decides to throw a little sidearm for some reason, which he throws like a 95-mile-per-hour heater. Yeah. Sparky's like, where the fuck have you been hiding that pitch? Vladimir, the co-coach, says, well, Manuel says that uh, you're not supposed to throw a sidearm. You're supposed to throw overhand. And Sparky says, I don't care if he shoots it out of his ass. If he's throwing 95-mile-per-hour fastballs, that's what I want to see. Which... Andrew, you know a little bit more about baseball. Can you shoot it out of your ass? Is Does that count as a pitch? I don't believe so. I believe you have to physically throw, with throw your the arm. ball. Okay. Yes. 
But is there a rule that says dogs again, can't play That baseball? is true. I don't believe that rule is in there. I've looked, okay? <laughs> believe me. A limo shows up and picks up Sparky, which takes him to a Coca-Cola commercial that he's going to shoot in front of St. Basil's Cathedral. Now they play. You this... might know this better as the Tetris Building. <laughs> <laughs> they play this up as like him being bad or like going back to his old or going back to his old ways. But I'm like, he needs money. He needs money. If they want to pay him, and what's it's wrong like with he that? could help the team out also, by getting a little scratch. On also, the side. it's a practice day. Like you could miss one of those to do yeah, this. It doesn't seem like he's being. It's not like he's selling out the integrity of the team to go shoot a Coca Cola commercial. Yeah, that was the whole fucking point. Right? Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. It should be like they had a thing scheduled and then this deal comes through and then he leaves. I mean, I guess they do because it's a practice, but it should be something bigger, something more important. He than should just leave another. a game or he should shoot a Coca Cola commercial. It should, co- it should cost them a game <laughs> yeah. that he has to go to this Coca Cola commercial. It should be like in Rookie of the Year where he gets swept up and shooting a bunch of commercials. Right. And he doesn't get injured shooting a Coca Cola commercial. Well, he tries to hang out with the American crew that's shooting this commercial, and they're like, nah, man, we gotta go. we fucking hate it. We're leaving. Bye. So then he's left alone here in Moscow. He then has a conversation with his fixer, explaining that he's like, yeah, I only have like $5,000 in American money, and I transferred that to, to like rubles, and I don't know. The exchange rate's all fucked up. And the fixer's beside himself. He's like, with American money, you can get it. Uh, you, you can, can get, get a anything. lot more yeah. than you can with rubles. He's like, I want you, to, please, please let me uh, facilitate your finances here in Russia, and I will help you get stuff. You need a better place to stay. You need better equipment, and I will get you a better exchange rate on your money. Yes. Better pizza, better ingredients. Papa, Papa John's, John's motherfuckers. God. You know, now they got Shaq in there. Just making pizzas. Just making just pizzas. showing up just and be like, it's just like, hey, it's Shaq. I'm going to make a pizza. I'm making a pizza. Uh, Andrew, is, shouldn't he steal from him? Is it, does I, that no, seem like exactly it, where I, we were I going? Think that I, that's what I thought, but. Don't give we, the slimy, weaselly Russian your money. We have to make sure that the Russians look good in this movie. Yes, That's the whole point. Like, everybody, everybody up and down. There is no. Cause like they get pressure from like the ministry of sports or whatever at some point, but we never see them. Everybody is very, everyone on the Russian side is very accommodating, very optimistic, accommodating and helpful towards Sparky. Yeah. We then get a montage and we see that the field is getting built and put together. They get grandstands. I love Moscow. I thought you were, no, no. the other baseball And he puts the backstop in. No. The field gets built and put together. They put in grandstands. They put in a scoreboard that isn't just a big painted on fence. They get uniforms. And Sparky gets a really nice car for his troubles. And then he also gets a Mercedes and an opulent. He gets a penthouse. On the team's day off, Sparky decides to head to the field to maybe lay down some new chalk lines. And he sees that the players have shown up at the field to do their own little pickup scrimmage where they're yeah, just, just having fucking fun. around. The team asks them, asks Sparky to not tell Vladimir that they're there at the field on their day off just playing. But Sparky then heads off and watches from an overlook 
and just sees the guys just horsing around, having a lot of fun, doing, you know, playing a kid's game. Tickle fights. They're just nothing but tickle fights. And nothing says, but that's just blow, baseball. blow up dolls and tickle fights. Just okay. Smacking each other's dicks. Just, that's what the game's just all about. Not just a Fundamentals. big conga line of grab ass happening. <laughs> After another argument, uh, at, a, at another practice, Sparky yells at Vladimir about Manuel. He says, I don't well, give a shit about this Cuban Manuel. So Sparky is yelling at Vladimir about Manuel, and it turns out, okay, okay. All right. All I, right. All right. It's now, been a couple of pages okay, since we had okay, a joke. Okay. All right. We have, we're having fun. We're having fun. See, uh, you know, when he said before, and he's like, oh, he speaks English, and they speak Russian, and then he's like, oh, it, did, it didn't make any sense. It's hand job. Uh, you it's, know. Well, it's hysterical. She helps him out with his hands. Uh, uh, it, it turns out, it turns out. Okay. It turns out that Manuel, this Cuban Manuel, is not Manuel, but in fact, Manuel, from... Produced in Cuba, I assume, is yes. some kind of Soviet-era manual about how to play baseball. baseball. Sparky's beside himself because... Because it's funny. Oh, it's funny. It's, it's hilarious. He's, he just sits he, there he looks at the and he's yeah, just like... He waits, he waits for the mm-hmm. audience to stop clapping and cheering. And he just like flops with his tie yeah. and, he's, and he slaps it out of his hand. Oh, it's hysterical. Hilarious. And then they drop the piano down the stairs. <laughs> hey uh, No, it turns out that he's been pulling all of his facts from a very poorly written Soviet manual. And that's what Manuel is. Yes. Do you get it? I understand the attempted humor. Yes. Do you get it? Yes, I get it. Tanya then takes Sparky off to the new location of where they're building a stadium right. for the team. But it's just a it's just a bunch construction of construction site. Yeah, it hasn't been it's it was supposed to be built like a year ago. It probably won't be done for another like three or four years. Yeah. Soviet era Russia, folks. You know? Sparky then talks very optimistically, very wistfully, very romantically about, about the fact baseball. that the boys of summer, summer are back. back. That he was able to watch the team play baseball and do it in such a carefree way that he's like, that's what this sport is all about. They were just dog shit. They were even when they're just playing terrible. When they're just having just dropping balls, couldn't find their ass with catcher, couldn't catch a single thing. Every ball, fucking cold, right through the. Right, right under his dick. Right in his mask. His just the guy just oh, was terrible. He, the, the batter just swinging at everything. Doesn't even matter. Drop, just swinging. Just Hit himself swinging in the shin like 15 Through the times. bat, like into the stands. Disgusting. I don't even know how it, it happened. It was miserable. I vomited. But at the same time, I appreciate the fact that they still have fun playing this game. Tanya, however, which I don't know how this works. Tanya suggests that, because Sparky says, however, looking forward, he's worried about his bullpen. They got the sidearm pitcher who can throw fast, but he's not terribly accurate. Yes. Tanya suggests that she might have uh, some options for him, and she takes him to go see a tennis pro. Okay. So now we're headhunting and taking some (laughs) some people from other games? Thinking is this, that this, this Russian- Tennis also has a ball. That's Okay, so that's one to one. So? It's It should just work out. This tennis pro can hit the ball with the racket yes. very fast yes. and put a little bit of a curve on it. A little English. A little, little top shot, you sure. know? 
So their thinking is if you put the ball in his hand mm-hmm. and you have him throw the ball, okay. okay, he can do the exact same thing with that ball versus hitting it with a tennis racket. Which is what he's trained to do. Which is what he's trained to do. and His doesn't, entire day life. It's like if- uh, He's never tried throwing and he's never tried catching before because that's not what you do. That is not what you do. tennis. You don't wear a mitt. You no. hold a racket. Yes. Okay. If they wanted him as a batter, maybe. Maybe. It's like, it, it would make more sense if you were a rugby player and they wanted you to kick a football. Or if you were, it, yes. Other things that they could have done to get a pitcher, in my opinion, are cricket. Yeah. Bowling. Uh, yes. Okay. Bowling, bowling would at, at least, least be you have funnier. To, you have to physically hold the ball. You're holding a thing putting, and you know you how are, to spin You are it. putting a spin on it. But you got this big fat guy and you're like, can you try throwing it? And he, he like, they give him the ball and he's like. And he, and he throws it underhand, but he yeah. can like put this weird old corkscrew on it. Right. Because he's used to throwing something that yes. weighs 25 pounds and instead they're handing him a six ounce ball. And like, Which means he can just whip that thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something at least. But no. Instead, they find this guy who can throw a wicked curve. I've heard of a strike, but oh no, that doesn't. Um, I'm working on it. You're a, you're an ace. Uh, uh, turkey trot? Oh, um, oh, I thought we were doing tennis. Uh, no, I'm still doing with. Oh, the, still, still, still doing, doing bowling. The bowling. Um, uh, 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 Albert. Albatross. Uh, no, let's go back to tennis. No, we're going back, back to, to tennis. tennis. Okay, so uh, you'll. This is one love you won't this is one, enjoy. One, this is one you'll love. Uh, one you'll love. Okay. 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 Right. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, Put that on the board. F- Forty love. Um, umpire. There, there are umpires in both. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All okay. Right. Write that down. I've seen a ball boy, but this is no. Again, it just doesn't. You'll be a wimble. Ton of help to the team. Great. Okay. <laughs> Composite feel. Uh, c- c- clay. clay. Uh, Bill Clay. Clay. <laughs> Bill Clay. Oh my God! You're one of them. You're one of them. Uh. Anyways, what happens? <laughs> for some reason, I'm sorry. I left my body for a second. <laughs> for some reason, the tennis pro can throw. A he can throw screw. a really good corkscrew, a really good curveball, and so they decide to conscript him into the team. I guess under threat of death. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> he's you... like, no, I play tennis, and they're like, no, you play baseball now. <laughs> yeah, he says, no, I play tennis, and she says, I understand, and then she turns around, and there's like KGB guys with <laughs> Kalashnikovs. Has his family there. Yeah. It's like, I play baseball. <laughs> Sparky watches a VHS tape of the Mariners winning the World Series. And he watches it with his team. And they say, don't worry. You would have won it better if they had you. <laughs> you would have won it sooner. And he's like, no, the, the games are scheduled. And they're like, no. And they did it in, no, they did it in four. So like, I'm pretty sure you would have won it in two. No, I, that's, thanks, guys. Thanks. You, 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 Everybody, everybody, you would have wanted it in two. You would have wanted it in two. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Tanya and Sparky then have a romantic ride on a boat, and they almost have a smooch. They almost smooch. Because they talk about, because 
Sparky says, do you really like it here in Russia? And Tanya says, yes, this is my homeland. This is my motherland. I need to stay here and I need to help it. I need to make it better. I need to make it better. What am I going to do? Move to the States and become have children that are then also born in the States and then have them run for state Senate? Uh-huh. And then have the president say, you should go back to where you came from? Yes. To the people who are from this country? In what world? That'll never happen. Put it on there. Yeah, put it, put it the in the script. Put it on the we board. might do that one. And remember the Picasso one. We're still. I like I think, that. I think we're still going to do about that. That one. works. Tanya, however, as she's walking along, uh, back through the streets of Moscow with Sparky, sees a Coca Cola ad that's got Sparky's big fat fucking ugly face on it, <laughs> and she's like, mm, "And she's not she's a mad fan at of him this. For she, you're in. You're on billboards. Yeah, you're disgusting." Facing the... We bought you from America. Yes. And now an American corporation is buying you again. I don't like this. I hate it. This is the worst. Facing the Marines again, the team, the Russian team, is better put together, and they're showing some signs of life. In fact, successfully pulling off a hidden ball trick. Yes, classic. Which, here's the thing, is if you're in Russia, you would want them to... They should have used a potato. They really were going to do this, okay? <laughs> That's look. Jesus. It's right there. Guys, it's come on. right what there. Are we doing? Come on. You put the. You have them grab a potato, and and Sparky says, "Time to put these to use." Yeah. And then he puts it in the pocket mm-hmm. of the pitcher. Yeah. Who then pulls it out, throws the the ball to first. No, the the baseman has to have the yep. potato. Yep. Throws the potato back to the pitcher, but he's got the ball in his hand. Guy leads off, tags him. That's how you do it. Classic, hilarious. Eventually, Vlad hates this. Oh, he hates like, it. He doesn't, he doesn't like baseball. he does not like the trickery, all right? He's it's uh, got to be above the board. Yeah. However, the team wins off a Little John home run. So they beat the Marines and they celebrate by playing a little wooly bully, all right? <laughs> yes. If you're going to license a song and it's a sports movie and it is not it's wooly ba- bully, baseball movie specifically, it's, it's got to be bully, wooly bully. What are you doing? Brr, brr. Because then you can use it for the montage, which they do. Oh, it's great. The team continues uh, to practice uh, throughout the year. And uh, I'm assuming because it's winter outside. And they practice inside a warehouse. They're eventually told. They get. Is this when they get drunk? They they have like. Yeah, they go party and then they have a drink. And it turns out that little John injured himself in hockey. So he couldn't play hockey anymore. And that's where Sparky says, yeah, well, I injured myself playing baseball so i can't well, play baseball not anymore playing baseball. and <laughs> they have a, a, a little bit of a bonding moment but the thing that you really need to focus on here is that they're playing wooly bully, bully. and well what's and sam and the sham what's great about it is we have this shot of again tommy lee wallace brilliant mm-hmm. director mm-hmm. he knows how to set up a shot mm-hmm. we have a shot did of- they remember their masks <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, they should have licensed that. That's song. what they should have licensed. They turned slapped <laughs> the tape in, press play, happy, and then happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Um, they the slapped, thought is coming. They slap the tape in, press play. Wooly Bully starts playing. Mm-hmm. We pull out to reveal, like nine dudes are drunk and dancing with each other, and I'm like. What a fun party. Yeah, tickle yeah. fights. <laughs> they find that out. That is what happens uh, after your trivia party most times. Yes, it's, it's just I, you and I, me. I put on Wooly Bully and, and we you just, and I get drunk just, and just tickle each just other. Nothing but tickles. <laughs> it turns out that they're going to be facing the Cuban team later in the uh, in the week. 
and the Cubans show up and they are very impressive. So it turns out that uh, the Cuban team is going to be facing the Russian team. So Sparky tells his fixer, I want you to bring all the players' mothers to the game. Why don't you bring your mother? Next time, bring your, <laughs> your mother, mother, you yeah. hump. And uh, he says ball players will never want to lose in front of their mothers. Right. Sparky also uh, has sex with most of the mothers. Yes, he's he heavily implied. Why don't you get some of the? Uh, why don't you get some Russian mothers? Yeah, here, huh? <laughs> I don't. It can be theirs. It doesn't have to be. What is, what is Russian milf? <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah. At the game, Sparky instructs his team to play like they own it because it's cold. It's the winter. Cubans aren't used to the it. The Cubans are not used to the conditions. They're not used to the field. They are definitely struggling. They've been on an airplane for like 20 hours. Like, yes, we could the, use the, all the, of this every, to our advantage. Everything is stacked against the Cuban team. They might be more physically adept and agile and skilled and practiced <laughs> to uh, play, play the game of baseball, but they have the environment in, yes. in their, in their uh, holster. Your winter killed Hitler. You think you can't beat a bunch <laughs> of these guys? They, they uh, use this to their advantage, and the Russians win the big game against the Cubans. Well, there's also a lot of sh- there's shots of, like, every guy going up to bat, whiff, and then his mother stands up and, and stares stern, at him. Sternly and he, stares at so him. Like, sheepishly is like, oh, God. And then he hits a home run. Hits a homer. And, and then, then every time the Cubans strike out, they run back to their dugout to go stand behind by a, 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 a space heater. A fire barrel. Yeah. Okay, so they beat the Cuban Kate team. Kate McKinnon is out there as the, every Russian yes. mother. <laughs> bear with me. I'm, I'm right here. No, there's no, bear there's with me. Bear with me. <laughs> Act three. Tanya and her assistant informed Sparky that there's some concern from the Ministry of Sports that they need to see results or they're going to shut down the whole program. Well, we've heard this before. Yeah, this is something. So it says these... $600 right here. Yeah, Andrew, is, you know the, like, save, save a Cat or Story by Bob McKee? Yes. Like, is there one of those specifically for baseball movies and everything that we saw is written yes, off of they, that they start to, they start. We see some success and they start to climb up, but then there's some turn, some issue that's going to cause the team to go away right. or the, the, the wheels to come off the some wagon. government agency comes yeah, in and some, says, we're going to take it's not, it away If from it's you. not the owner's office, it's the government agency. Yeah. If it's not the government agency, it's the uh, Parks and Rec Board. <laughs> it says, it, the nowhere in the rules does it say a hobo can't coach baseball. <laughs> they're so informed that they, in order to show the progress that they're making, they are going to go and play some exhibition games at spring training against actual major league baseball teams this seems misguided misguided bad idea completely wrong they are going to get crushed sparky says this very loudly and specifically he says this is bad for us we somehow felt we beat a bunch of fucking drunk marines (laughs) we beat the cuban team because we played in russia in november and half of them died on the way back And now you're going to tell us we have to go to spring training to face world champions with a team that can't find their ass with two hands. And then they say, well, the wheels are in motion. So, yes. So, it's happening. so then we get an F troop. We get another F troop. Because <laughs> so it's, a, it's a standard rules it's, of two. It's, you need a roll. You, do, uh, you F, do an F troop you at the F beginning. Troop? You got to do an F troop at the end. You do one. It's classic. You, you do, you know that's what that's what comedy is all from about. Vaudeville. It's, 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 it's one in Act One. Uh, you do an F troop, and uh, the audience does not expect you to do an, another F troop. 
Because but then, in Act 3, you give her an act true. Sparky says, well, as long as you don't make a big deal about this. And then we immediately cut to the airport where a big old press scrum is waiting for Sparky and the yep. players as they get off the plane to then pepper him with questions about like, oh, hey, disgraced baseball manager <laughs> Sparky Smith's here. How's the fucking leg, you jerk? Hey, uh, nice of you to help the Ruskies out, you fucking asshole. Yeah, you pack any uh, missile launch codes on your way over there? Interesting. At the spring training game, the Sparky, why don't you go back and tell Gorbachev to put that wall up so that you can't leave again? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, Gorbachev in a Pizza Hut commercial. I'll believe in, that when I see it. In what world? In what world? At the spring training game, the Yankees absolutely murder the Russian team. Just kill them. Then this is disgusting. The Red Sox destroy the Russian team, but. By a little less. Yes, they're learning. Then they get better every game. In the third, they're not letting them demoralize them. The first game was like 19-0. Then the second game is like 17-3. Then they play a third game. That's a little closer. It's like 12-8. to eight. Right. Andrew, you know what would be interesting uh, for this script? Yeah. What if? Okay. All right. All right. There's what, a, if Sparky, what if there's a dog? What if Sparky has to face the very same team? Ooh. That sent him away. Oh. Well, I don't... Would that be interesting, perhaps? Mm. Would you expect that from this movie, perhaps? No. What if it was just, like, the athletics? Yeah, that's better. They are lining up to play the fourth game, which turns out is against the Seattle Mariners. The world The world champions. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the the Washington Generals against the fucking Globetrotters. Like, what are you guys doing? It's more like the Washington Generals versus the 95 Bulls. Uh, Bulls. It's like an actual good team. Tanya talks to Sparky on the roof of the spring training stadium as he's contemplating contemplating suicide. jumping, I yeah. guess. And just one step. It's just like, it all I got to do is just, 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 just do it, you pussy. Just, just fucking just do it. Just fucking do, do it, it, you pussy. Just let gravity do it. Tanya talks huh? to him. Oh, yes, no, no. Uh, baseball. Yes. She notes his passion. She says, "I, you are a good thing for this team. You are a great thing for this team. And then they have a smooch. She makes them feel good with her hand. Then they have a lot more smooches because, because we are tra- HBO, we're transported to a completely separate movie. This is amazing. I was, I was, they, oh, they must have changed the channel on this uh, <laughs> VHS copy that we're watching. Because we go to a room with um, curtains billowing. Like silk drapes and just billowing. And then like this very silky bed. And yeah, Joe and, and Tanya back, just, just a man slamming each other. laying on this woman. And you're like, oh, oh, it it isn't TV. Yeah, the, it's HBO. <laughs> but like, why is this even happening? Because they're not, they bang, all right? You know, I, the smooch was more than enough. No, they got to look, man. If uh, Sparky knows his way around the bases. I'm sure that's right? true. He's yes. a baseball if, player. If Sparky, if Sparky gets gets that bat, if he's laying some of that lumber, yeah, he's going to he, go. If he gets the be signal. Infield, yeah, he's going all the way it's around. The play at the plate. It's all coming down to this. Not right now. Oh. I got to know right now. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's weird. Again, line producer. We don't. Do Why we, are we shooting? Do we this? need this? This is a half we, day that we're gonna lose. We have to light this whole darkened bedroom set that we're never gonna use again for these for this one for like this twenty second ugly, shot. Ugly lame shot of just 
boring missionary sex? At least give me something. You could have a make out and then you pan up to yes. something and then you could pan back down and now we're reset for the next day. You pan up. Mm-hmm. You hear a bat. Yeah. That's the sound okay. of fucking. And then like... Like a boner sound effect. And then bully bully. <laughs> yeah, we cut to the- If we, it was a sex scene to bully bully, now that, that yes, would be amazing. Okay. Or we cut to the uh, the sound guy who's like trying out new sound effects. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, glass breaking when they hit a foul ball, like a boing sound. Yeah. This is good. This uh-huh. is good stuff. At the hotel, the Mariner's owner gives Sparky the razz. He's like, you still suck. We won the World Series. <laughs> I guess his agents, Sparky's agents also show up and they say that they've scored a deal with KCAL here in Los Angeles yeah, to be the play-by-play man for the Dodgers, I'm assuming. They're like, we're getting that old buzzard, Vin Scully, all right? He's a dead man. He's a fucking dead man. He's been doing this since the 50s. No, he's gone, man. We need the new blood, all right? We need the young, fresh-faced Sparky Smith, all nobody, right? Nobody cares that he play, he went ice skating with, with Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. He tells that story every season. Bizarre. This deal would start as soon as possible. Sparky says, well, why don't we keep this between ourselves? Because he doesn't want to upset his players or the coach or Tanya. That girl that he was just boning. That he just screwed. And then he apparently just, he, he's like... <laughs> He's just wearing a bathrobe. He's like, I just came down to the lobby for some ice. Uh, <laughs> uh, ice we got to make this working. <laughs> The Russians then take on the Mariners, and it's a very close game. They're they're keeping they're keeping right on the heels of the Mariners, but the Russians are down. Sparky notices that Vladimir, his co-coach, is really browbeating the team. So with the use of a little trickery, a little subterfuge, he gets the umpire to toss Vladimir out of the game by going to him and saying, "Hey, my co-coach, he says you're a fucking asshole, you piece of garbage, and he fucked your wife twice." And she they didn't have it. they didn't have those silk curtains that I no, had. No, it was just dirty. It was it was just gross. They it's banged in the backstop <laughs> right there, right there. Look, you could probably still see her butt print right there, right there. He's telling me this. I said, I said, I, 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 didn't I bet she's hear a it. wonderful woman. I didn't want to hear it, but I just wanted you but to know. You should. Know. We're friends. I wanted you to know. So he decides to throw Vladimir out of the game. This alleviates a little bit of the pressure off the Russian team, and they manage to score a couple Start to runs. Have a little more fun. The team keeps it close, but Sparky realizes that he needs to take as much pressure off the team as he can, so he decides to get himself ejected. He says, uh, I, I, "Vlad I, wasn't the only one." I have a, I have a confession to make. <laughs> uh, I knew that he banged your wife because I was there. I was also there, so <laughs> we took turns. And that butt print. That's my butt print. Yeah, yeah, you saw my butt print. Yeah, <laughs> I got him. You look. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, fucking piece of garbage. And he's like, just, just go. Get, just please leave. Get out of here. The, the things you're saying are making me sad. I'm not objecting you. I just, I'm telling you right now, I just you can't. Do you this. have to go. This you have to go. Very sad right now. Throws him out of the game, and now it's up to the players. They're not being watched by the coaches, so they can have as much fun as they want there on the on the base base paths. Yes, out there, and the bags. They do it by hitting themselves a home run. Yeah, they tie the game up, tied up, going into the bottom of the ninth. Oh, so now it's all on the Ruskies. Mariners gotta hold them. First out gets caught by Little John as he makes a diving catch and 
bashes his face into like a steel cage. <laughs> yes. And falls to his death. <laughs> Bloodies his face pretty badly, but catches a foul ball. That's the first out. Second out comes in after a big old strikeout. After they bring in their tennis pro and throw a wicked yeah, who, curve. Who, the, for some reason, they allow him to use his racket. Yes, like, which is fun. It's, 125 again, mile per there's hour There's nothing fastball. in the rules. No, so now it's the third out coming up. And Sims, who is the... the Cleanup hitter from the top of the movie oh that is now batting cleanup oh as opposed boy. to Sparky Smith comes up to the bat, cracks a big one, cracks yep. a big fat one, back, 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 and I don't think it's playable. Home run. Yes. 11 to 10, end of game, Mariners win. The Russians, very disappointed in themselves. However, the uh, the Mariners decide to uh, show a little bit of sportsmanship. You know that's what I always preach, Mark. Good sportsmanship. Sports, yeah. Good game. Good game. Good game. Slap Good game. on the butt. Shake their hands. Don't spit in your hands. That used to be a thing. Kids would spit in their hands at the little league games. Mm-hmm. That's shitty. All right. You just go up. You just give give a handshake or slap on the but, hand. But you don't want to be too personal. Don't give. A, don't start a tickle fight. No. You, no. You no. You fight tick, your tick, own tick, team. Tick, yeah. You don't. You don't give tickles. All right. You give yeah. hand, high fives and handshakes. And then you go back to the dugout and you play a little grab ass, all right? Yeah. You just you just take your pants off and you just start pinching. <laughs> they start applauding. The entire arena, the entire stadium applauds for the Russian team because they they held it close and they they this is what they've done. They still lost, but goddamn was it close. After the game, Sparky tells Tanya about the KCAL deal, but he says, I guess it's like Stockholm syndrome or something because yes. I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to turn it down. I want to be with you. And I want to coach sheets. these stupid Russians. I want to live like a king on like $7,000 American. <laughs> I bought a bunch of, I bought like six pairs of jeans while I was here. I'm going to turn around and sell them on the black market. I'm going to cool I'm, two mil. Yeah, I'm going to be the new czar, yeah. right? Instead, he wants to help. He wants to stick with this team and he wants to coach them to the Olympics. The Russian team then hits the field and they start throwing around. The Mariners notice this and they, you know, it's pretty close to a tickle fight. Yeah. But they, they start playing the a little. Beginnings. Start, I mean, it, we don't get to see it all. But I'm but assuming it ends in a tickle yeah. fight. They have a pickup game themselves and they start horsing around on the field. And then we get a title card that says that a handful of players have started to uh, get drafted from the former Soviet Union. And, uh, you know, sky's the limit. Maybe this Picasso fellow will turn out to be uh, a bit of a successful artist. And that's the end of the Comrades of Summer. Mark, what did you think of the Comrades of Summer? I loved it. Okay. (laughs) I thought this movie was great. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. You just liked it because 90% of this is just actors playing baseball yes which is what i wanted and it's what i got joe montagna he's got to grow as a character Mm -hmm. you know he learns what was important to him all along baseball friendship Mm -hmm. wooly bully banging that lady banging a woman uh you know the these are these are classic tropes you know i think it's a good sports movie i like sports movies where the team doesn't necessarily win at the end but they've come together as a group. Other than know, the natural, well, matters. I guess so. Majority of the major leagues, they do. The natural, they do. Bad news bears, they don't. They don't. A little big league, they don't. Uh, rookie of the year, they do. Rocky, he doesn't. He doesn't. Rocky two, he does. He does. 
Rocky Three. Does. He does, but Mr. T punches him so hard it kills Mickey. <laughs> it, you know, do they win the big game or do they not win the big game? You right. say you'd rather see them not win the big game, but have but, a moral victory. Yeah, but come together as a team. Okay. I thought this movie did not have enough wooly bully. Well, you say that about every movie. That's true. It had a, a good it, amount. It, had, it just <laughs> didn't have a, it didn't have enough. Much. Is what I'm trying right. to say. They, um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Where's the Wooly where's Bully? Where's the Wooly Bully? This is what I've been asking. You know, they've got all these Best Picture nominees, and it's like, I watched all of them. You know, where the fuck is the Wooly Bully in The Favorite? Okay? Think, yeah. It was never there. Never happened. The, the, the artist, yes, did have a record scratch, did have a dog look up. Wasn't, it wasn't off a of Wooly Bully, wasn't though. Wooly Bully. Ugh. Phantom he, Thread. Just the right amount of Wooly Bully. That's right. He throws up in there, and he's like, I'm sick. Yeah, and it's sick. She's like picking those mushrooms. Yeah. I, people remember them? this scene. It's a hilarious it's scene. It's hysterical, because she's like dancing yeah. to yeah, it. Yeah, and he's throwing up. Yeah, this well, is good. He shakes his head like, no, watch no. It, watch it, watch it. No more, no more. And then he eats more yeah, of the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this movie was okay. I thought the Russian stuff. I guess it's, you know, it's like you have to jump on it because it's timely. Yeah. Because it's like this was made in 92. It's like, let's do a baseball movie about the Russians. Now we can do that because we can actually travel over there and shoot there. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a Star Trek about the Russians. Sure. What if the wall came came down down in space? And it was the best Star Trek film that there ever was. Yes. Star Trek (laughs) Five. They sing, row, row, row your boat. (laughs) It's amazing. He falls off. Should have sang. They should have sang "Wooly Bully." Let's shall we? Shall we sing a campfire song? (laughs) I am trying to analyze the lyrics. Bum 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 bum. (laughs) I hate it. Mark, is there anything else to add about the Comrades of Summer? Uh, Andrew, Tommy Lee Wallace. I mean, this is this is a it's, sports comedy, right? It's weird that you have a predominantly horror director. Horror director. And what before he was a horror director, he was like a horror AD and effects guy yes. who worked with John Carpenter on The Fog, yep. Big Trouble in Little China, a bunch of other stuff. So they're like, let's get him to do a comedy sports movie. Mm-hmm. And who's going to write it? I don't know. The guy that's going to write Saving Private The, the guy that is going to write predominantly historical dramas, like right. long spanning historical dramas. And, uh, you know, give Joe, Tony. give Joe Montana. Like every single one of these scenes also always starts the same way where like it's somebody it's like the, uh, the scene ends and then the new scene starts with someone loudly questioning like what the problem is yeah so it'll it'll like end and then it'll cut to sparky being like what do you mean we ain't got no baseballs and then a couple scenes later it's like what do you mean i got a i got rubles (laughs) what what do you mean i got a big mansion now we don't have a field what Because that's how the movie. We have to play against the Yankees. <laughs> yes, that's exactly that's what I'm, that's that's an actual one. You want me to put up a picture of Guernica? I, I don't even know what it is. It's just a bunch of squiggles. Who even painted this? Picasso, more like Picasso. I gotta hold a Coca Cola. That doesn't seem right. I'm more of a Pepsi guy. 
Yeah. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. So what I'm saying is all we got to do is card out the sequel and then we just have to put what what's the line that Joe Montana will scream at the top at of the each start. scene. Yeah, that's what our little uh, that's our, our board. cards. Yeah. Our card scene starts. Joe Montana screams. He screams. What, what do, do you mean? mean we got to play broke. in the World Series. Oh. <laughs> and the condom <laughs> broke. Yeah, she's pregnant now. Oh, yeah. And he goes back to his fixer and he's like, yes, the condoms were... Uh, very in, cheap. In theater quality. <laughs> Next time, three Walkmans. I stole... I made condoms out of used condoms. <laughs> Clever, no? Ah. <laughs> you turn inside out. <laughs> there are two sides. That's... You don't... You only use one. <laughs> Mark, is there anything else? Uh, yes, I would have liked a little more Russian skullduggery. Yeah, uh, I would have liked a little more Wooly Bully. Uh, who knows what this movie would have been like had they actually cast more than one Russian in it. Yeah, Might sky's, been better. sky's the limit. Who knows? Well, Mark, that's going to do it for the Comrades of Summer. That's going to come. We're going to close our month of baseball as we look forward to October. Yes, we're going to have to take a couple of days off. Scariest goddamn month you ever fucking saw. Because as we move into October... We are focusing on the master of horror himself, Stefan King, King, and his made-for-TV adaptations. Yes, the scariest made-for-TV adaptations, not including miniseries. We are not yeah, watching miniseries. Yeah, so if you got excited about you're it, like, it stand. Oh, uh, boy, they're going to do a deep dive on Salem's Lot. Uh, nope. No uh, nightmares and dreamscapes. Not doing it. Don't want to. Uh, Tommy Knockers. The Stephen Weber Shining. Shining. Finally. Um, that's a two-parter. Yeah, no, we're not doing it. No, instead we're going to focus on the bite-sized 90-minute how-do-you-do's in the Stephen King... uh, What have you. Battery. What do we got for this first week, Mark? Andrew, we've got a little something that goes like this. I am Quicksilver. Aaron Quicksilver. You might say I'm a collector. I collect rare objects, facts, stories. I travel the roads of America seeking its heart. Do you have a time for a story? There is no light without darkness, no life without death, no peace without war, no God without Satan. Wowie zowie, that is spooky. That's right. I heard a lot of engines. Yes, from 1997, Quicksilver Highway. Ooh. Starring Christopher Lloyd. And. It's about mercury poisoning. Yes, and (laughs) Andrew. The Quicksilver Highway is my veins. There's a very. I'm going to warn. I'm going to tease this now for everybody. Mm. There's a very, very special cameo in this movie from A Star. I won't say who, but a star in Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. That isn't Christopher Oh, Lloyd. I thought you already... Yeah, no. no, Christopher Lloyd. That isn't Christopher Lloyd. See if you can spot them. Well, that's exciting. Uh, we'll be on the lookout for that for next time in the first week of October. 
Well, again, if you'd like to listen to past episodes of Television Movie Night, you can always do that by going to soundcloud.com forward slash TV Movie Night Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TV Movie Night. You can email us at tvmovienightpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave a review there, which really helps us out. You can listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more. Soundcloud.com forward slash tvmovienightpodcast. Mark, uh, I'm going to have to gird my... just. I um, You know, October gets me on edge, all right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, let's let's not try and scare me going forward, okay? Okay. Because I had a lot of soda, and I, I might I might pee myself. Oh, well, we wouldn't want that. Yeah. But allow me to remind you, Andrew. Okay. In Soviet Russia, uh? Halloween scares you. Ah! I wet them. Yeah, they're wet. I wet them. They're very wet. <laughs>